Hey all, thank you for tuning into Women Birders Happy Hour. My name is Hannah. I'm a birder, a woman, and someone that enjoys a good drink after a long day of birding. Women have been integral to birding since it started, but we haven't always been recognized for the contributions and impact we have. Men have dominated the guiding scene, festival circuit, leadership positions, and publications. And according to a U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service 2011 report, in the U.S., there were over 47 million birders. The majority of these birders are college-educated, they are white, they are women, and mostly are over the age of 55. And if you put all these factors together, we create the typical birder, a white, college-educated woman over the age of 55. And that's a demographic that I often see out birding, but I don't as frequently see as a speaker, a guide, or a sole publisher. Additionally, the voices of all women, BIPOC, and LGBTQ plus birders are not well represented in the birding voices we hear from. So I created this show to bring in more voices. Not to say that some of the regular festival keynotes aren't great, but there is room for others. And on the show, I'm asking everyday women from all walks of life to join me to discuss their experiences, their resources, and advice that they have for others. And I want you to remember that just because you may not have experienced some of these things, like sexism or gatekeeping, doesn't mean that they aren't real issues that others face. And because some of these conversations are best had over a cocktail or a mocktail, I also create a unique cocktail for each guest in case you want to mix yourself a drink and join us for this chat. Bella is one of the few woman bird guides in China, and she has a passion for birding and tourism and a willingness to help. Bella started birding at a young age and used her love of birds to build a career, encouraging others to love and appreciate them too. So black-throated tits are a small, boldly patterned passerine. There is a lot of variation in plumage as there are several subspecies, but they all have medium-length tails, a black throat, and a black bandit mask around their eyes. The nominate race has a chestnut cap, breastband, and flanks. Their back, wings, and tail are dark gray, and they have a white belly. They're a very cute, very strikingly colored bird. The other races are generally the same, except for the chest band and some different coloration in those spots. Their range goes from the foothills of the Himalayas across northern India, Bangladesh, Nepal, Bhutan, Myanmar, Vietnam, and Taiwan. And they also occur in southern Vietnam and China. They live in habitat edges of open broadleaf forests and pine forests in middle altitudes. They're a highly social bird and can travel in large flocks up to 50 birds and will join mixed feeding flocks. And they forage much like a chickadee or other tits by hanging upside down and clinging onto twigs and just, you know, a lot of antics. They build their nest from moss and lichen, which hangs from the branches of trees, and it's held together with spider webs and has an entrance hole near the top. And they can be cooperative breeders with helpers who feed chicks and sometimes incubate. They feed on small insects, seeds, fruits, and berries, and they particularly like raspberries. So here's how to make your black-throated tit. What you'll need are four raspberries, two shots of amarula, half a shot of vodka, and more raspberries for garnish. It's pretty easy to make. What you'll do is muddle the raspberries and vodka in a cup, pour in the amarula, stir, and then garnish with raspberries. So this bird was a little tough. Their coloration is just so vibrant and almost made me want to do like a chocolate caramel boozy milkshake. But no, I went for the raspberries because every page that I read about them said they like a little raspberry treat. 
And the Amarula does have a light chestnuty coloration, which represents their color and pairs really nicely with the raspberries. So I hope you get a chance to enjoy a black-throated tit and, and enjoy this chat with Bella. Well, Bella, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Women Birders Happy Hour. Um, I'm so glad that we were able to get connected through the women's conference that will be happening in Uganda in 2023. Um, because, you know, I feel like I would have never met you otherwise. So I'm so glad we did. But please would you tell everyone who you are. Well, thank you so much, Hannah. It's Tim here. So I'm so glad to uh, be here tonight. Oh, probably this morning for me. So my name is Zhang Zhuyang, simply Bella will do, so we don't spend the whole time trying to pronounce my Chinese name. So I am from uh, Chengdu, China. That's where I'm based now, but I uh, grew up and I, I was raised up, raised up in Yunnan. Um, it was a province located in the southwestern corner of China where it has the richest biodiversity of China. I was living there until I came to Sichuan for my university in 2012. And I studied tourism management there and I gradu uh, graduated in 2016. You know? um, so basically I didn't know anything about birding or wildlife until I found my first job at a local birding company in Chengdu. I always find nature fascinating, but I didn't get a chance to know it until I joined the birding company. Um, and I still work for the uh, birding company now. My work focuses on um, department management, but I also work as a wildlife guide and bird guide in the peak season. Yeah. That's awesome. So what's your favorite part of your position there? Well, I guess I enjoyed both time at uh, in the office and also in, in the fields. Um, you know, <laughs> in, in the office, I can put everything together to bring birds together and send them to the, the field. But in, in, the, in the field, I can join the birds myself and enjoy finding birds for my clients. Both are awesome experiences. Yeah. So um, where do most of your clients come from? Um the U.S. and the European and Australian. Uh, we also have some clients from Asia, like uh, Thailand, um, or so uh, Korea, Japan. Yeah. Okay, so from all over then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, tell us your birding origin story. Oh, well, that's a long, long story to tell, but. You know, I said, like, I, I didn't know anything about birds at the first uh, beginning place. So birds didn't get my attention. Um, but all those big mammals, when I first joined the the, uh, the company, all those big mammals like uh, cats and tech and everything, um, then I started noticing the, those fluffy creatures that share the same habitat with those big mammals. I always remember the the first bird I was being able I was able to ID it myself. It was very uh, it's a tiny one. It's called a black throated tit. You know, um, 
and you can always remember that that thing you know without anybody's help and you can find it and idea even without the binoculars so that's where i started the whole journey yeah that's awesome i'd love to see a a black-throated tit someday it's a cute guy. <laughs> so when you go out and go birding, um, what does a day of birding look like for you? Well, because most of my birding trips are um, in Sichuan or the southwestern part, mostly are with clients. So it's more like a, a serious birding trip. You know, um, Sichuan has a lot of game birds, pheasant species, so you can we always start a day early. Uh, sometimes like four thirty five a.m. so we can get the golden hours to see this beautiful game birds. Um, the Chinese model, for example, is the I think it's on the top wish list for most of bird uh, most of the birders that want come to China. But if I don't guide a tour and then all by myself, I am a relaxed birder. I just enjoy whatever I say. Sometimes, and when there's when at the numbering time, I enjoy flowers, butterflies, and you know, culture thing, everything. Yeah, not that twitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think has been the most influential thing in your birding? Well. Um, I think all birders in China um, have used a, a guidebook called the, A Field Guide to the Birds of China by John McCann. And I, I, I found it very helpful at the beginning. I used quite a lot. It's very helpful. Um, but after that, I found it's still very difficult to, you know, to bird all by myself. So that's... Um, uh, that's when I found my boyfriend very helpful. And he has been very patient and always explain things in details, you know, especially those tough species, uh, species, um, old world, old world wobblers. If you have happen to see them, well, so and he explained all those things to me and helped uh, helped me out a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, do you guys still go birding together? Yeah, yeah, fortunately, yes. <laughs> so what has been your experience as a woman birder? I think so far as being very good. Um, um, everybody, not no matter male or females, um, they're, they're very happy to help and always share. I was happy to, to share and you know, to talk with you. They've been very nice. But I do hope we can have more female bird guides. <laughs> That's, well, we, we, I only know a few of them. I, I think I know them all already. So let's say we, we need more women bird guides in the field. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And you being out there is such a good way to encourage more women to become field guides because they see you and they're like, hey, she can do it and so can I. Oh, hopefully. <laughs> I hope I can encourage more people to join. But yes, I we we also do um, bird trips, you know, those beginning tours to the to the kids, young kids. Some of them, um, they find birds very, very fascinating for them. Hopefully they can, you know, develop it into the career in the future or something. Yeah, that's awesome. 
So um, we've all been beginner birders at some point in time. How do you feel that us as more advanced birders can be supportive to beginners? Mm-hmm. I think, first of all, we need to be very patient, you know, to the, the beginners. One thing I've, I found very difficult is, you know, when you, when you started um, birding, you, you can... Uh, you, you barely can ID any birds when they're very common species, you know. So um, if you have a camera, <laughs> it can make things easier. But if you don't, the only thing you do is just write all the details down and you ask uh, to ask it and send it to other people and ask for it. And my experience is that a lot of time and people can... Um, tell you the possibility but without further explanations you know is or you can send my picture and tell you uh this is what what uh, what kind of which species but they don't explain it to you why it is that species maybe it's very easy for them and it's very obvious for them but it's i think it's still difficult for the beginners so uh, we need to be very patient to the beginners and also probably help them to find the um, community that's how they can you know, learn and then develop the birding skills fast that's that's great advice i love that so <laughs> speaking of community do you feel that you found your place in the birding community um i didn't but i do now you know when when i started and i we were like we were birding Birding company, company, right? It's like a totally business. <laughs> so I didn't know how to connect with the local com- community. But then I reached out to several uh, birding friends, and they, they have both males and female birds there. And then they invited me to to a group, and then we always share information about latest birding information in that group. And then we, I think, we go out together and. Yeah, I think I, I love that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. What what has been your most memorable bird or birding experience? Wow, that's a, quite a lot. I know there are a lot of story happens once you started the, the, the journey. So I probably I'll just share the um, the recent one. I I went to Western Sichuan two weeks ago and. Uh, I was guiding a group of bird photographers. Sometimes it's not the best season because we missed the, the best season this year because of the pandemic thing. Uh, wow, it's a sad story. But then we decided to, you know, send in a group of people to still we still do the, the do the tour, but with um, I think it could, could be more difficult because of the seasons thing. Yet we saw a lot of great species and they got nice photos there and um there was uh, there's a one birding place called uh, Waushan uh, it's one of the most famous birding sites in China and we spent one day there you know that in that place parabills are very important targets you know, we got all the targets six kinds of parabell species you know, within the day and it's such a really, <laughs> and we also saw a uh, wild red panda there. Wow. So it's like, 
oh, it's like a big, a big thing, and I used to, oh, I reached the goal of feel, feeling great. <laughs> oh, so if you, I'm, I'm not sure if have you、um, traveled or have you birded in China? No, no, I've never been there. Well, the birding experience could be totally different. You know, if you go to South America or America or somewhere, it's like. The, all the birds they they come to you. You don't <laughs> just wait there and you can enjoy them the whole day. But in China, the,、um, it's kind of different because the density、um, is not that as it's not as high as you <laughs> get used to. Especially if you go to the plateau area,、uh, they're not famous for the density or biodiversity. You just need to work very hard for those tough targets. Sometimes it can be very hard, so you, I, I always find myself released or I find myself very happy to get all those targets done. So, like on a good day, how many species do you think you'd see? Also depends on where I am.、Um, in southwestern part, I guess Sichuan and Yunnan province, you can get、uh, like sometimes. Oh, the first day you can get like seven, seventy, eighty. That's not a problem.、Wow. And the the following days you can you can you can you know, see those repeated species, well, so you can add like twenty new species. That's good enough. <laughs> and the more you, the more you go, the difficult the more difficult it gets. Well, that's pretty good though. I mean, where I'm at, I live in on the west coast of the U.S. in、mm-hmm. Oregon, and、mm-hmm. it's really dense forest. And on a good day, we'll get like thirty or forty species. So. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. In some of most of the places, it's the it's common. Yeah, in other part, like the northern, you get less. You know, those are harsh deserts <laughs> and the grassland. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to come see you sometime. It sounds so wonderful. Oh, please, but not not this year. We still have this quarantine policy. <laughs> okay, in a couple years. Yeah. So, where's a place that you think that every birder should go? Well, for exper- experienced birders, we all have a wish list and of where to go, right? It's not from the top to the bottom.、Uh, yeah, where should I go first? And I think China is always on the well, somewhere, not probably top on the on the wish list. And if you come to China, I guess Sichuan is the A must visit place because all those endemic species. That's all you you come for in the the pheasants, laughing thrushes, parrotbills, and old world wobble, wobblers. Everything, but I think for beginners, you just you all you need all you need to do is just go somewhere <laughs> nearby, you know, very close, and you know, maybe just you know, a city park or you know where have. Some greens, trees around you, and you can enjoy, really enjoy some birds all by yourself or with friends.、Yeah, that because I, I find sometimes if you're a beginner, you really need this motivation from from others, or you really need to keep doing it. If you <laughs> make a like a big wish list, and it's hard to. Finish or how to do and can quickly give it up.、Uh, that's not help. That's not helping. So, what changes would you like to see in the birding community? Hmm. Well, I with the 
the change I want to say is not specifically in the birding community, but in the traveling community. Uh, one thing I found really bothering based on my experiences in China is like, um, some travelers, they don't care about the environment that much, you know, <laughs> when this beautiful place is destroyed by all the trashes, especially plastic trashes and the cigarette butt, everything. And it's because the, the, the environment, the habitat there, especially on the plateau, they're so vulnerable. If you just threw things there and they, they're going to live there like forever. So what I, really, what I really want to say is, is just take all the trash with you and when you leave, you know. But I guess it's gonna take a, um, it's gonna take a long period of time because people, all travelers, they they all come with, they all have different educate education background and different habitat habits. It's gonna take a long period of time, but I see good. In, Good things happening in the young generations. I'm not that <laughs> not worried about. That's something I really want. That's a change I really want to say. Yeah, that's that's great. I love that. Um, we're I think we're everywhere in, in the world is dealing with, you know, places being trashed, which is just is awful. It shouldn't be like that. As in the uh, awful things, you know, people are there to enjoy their travelings, but they just didn't do it the right way so it's kind of bothering we we call it vacation mind or vacation brain you know it's like you oh. forget you forget what you're supposed to be doing because you're on vacation wow that's a good word to learn yeah. <laughs> so my last question for you is what do you think has been the most valuable thing you've learned from birding oh the 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 most valuable thing I learned I have learned from birding is is sharing. Um, well, still based on my experience, you know, my story of how I started birding at the first place. I I really I I didn't know where to find all this information about birds or or birding places, everything, and then I was introduced to the um, the guidebook. And also, there's some birding websites. We have, I, I really find eBird very helpful. You know, people in that community share all the detailed information, and you can get all the pictures and locations, everything. And we also have similar website like that. But, and people also share information there for some endangered or endangered species we probably need to keep it a secret or something you know, to, to protect it but for other species I think we what we really need to do is just keep our mind open you know, to share the information with each other so we can get more people interested in birding community and join us it's also a great way to for wildlife and bird con uh, conservation I think that's, you know, just um, when we know more about them, we can get more people care about it. And the more, that's the best, uh, also a good way. I, I do think ecotourism is a good way for wildlife conservation. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. awesome. Thank you so much, Bella, for joining me for this podcast. It was so wonderful to meet you and hear all about this 
interesting stuff that you're doing and, you know, your background and history and everything. If folks want to find out more about you and the things you do, is there a way they can do that? Um, they can always send me an email um, to Bella at alpenburning.com or you can always find me on Facebook. Um, yeah, Bella Zhang. It's kind of difficult to pronounce, but it's Z-H-A-N-G. It's my family name. Okay. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Bella. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you and talking about all, all the things about birds. So thank you so much, Bella, for joining me for this chat. It was so fun to learn about you and all of the cool things you do. I just really want to go to China now and see some of these amazing birds that you get to see out there. And thank you all for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something. You can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, and anywhere else you listen to me. If you'd like to connect with me on the socials, you can do so by following me on Instagram at Hannah Goes Birding. My Twitter is at WomenBirdersHH, or you can email me at WomenBirders at gmail.com. I also have resources and information on GoBirdingPodcast.com. I hope you enjoyed this chat, and I look forward to seeing you in the next happy hour.